welcome to The Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today we've got Lee Geis in the podcast studio. Lee's a senior market segment manager at a small company called LumenPulse. Not so small anymore, actually. They've been around for almost 15 years, maybe even longer now. They've got a collection of companies under their belt, but LumenPulse has had an incredible journey, and Lee joined them about halfway through when they got started. Before that, she was a lighting designer, and before that, art, theater, and dance, and a little bit of broadcast lighting is what she was interested in. Today, we're here to talk about what it means to have an evolution in a career, to have one thing lead to another, and to start to observe and recognize some of those intangible things that you thought that didn't matter, but end up panning out in a pretty cool way. Lee. What's up? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Sam, how's it going? It's awesome. This I'm, is so good. I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy we're chatting. I'm also really, really happy that you finally got to make a visit to Ladai after like being our number one follower since we started. Oh my gosh. Well, like I said, when I got here, I have an OG original light eye hat and like it stays on my desk, have been a huge fan. I find myself going, how can I get more time to be a part of light eye and listen and see more light eye? So this is a, an honor and I'm so excited to be here sitting with you. I appreciate it. You know, it's my biggest regret that you can't watch videos in your sleep, but I would just say, hopefully, like, the sounds of the podcast can sing you to sleep at night. You're officially north of the 80th episode that we've ever recorded by the time this will be published. Just crazy. Like, we're, we're tracking to 100, and I have absolutely no clue who's going to be our 100th, but I have an idea if you're listening, stay tuned. Let's dive in and talk a little bit more about your journey though, Lee, and how you found from education to design practice to manufacturing. There's some pretty interesting things that have happened that you've observed, that you've learned about. But before we do that, tell everyone, who are you? And how'd you get your start in lighting? (laughs) We all have those moments, especially in the lighting design community, where we go, how did I end up here? And I feel really lucky that I have this very, very particular moment in my life. My parents took me to see Phantom of the Opera on Broadway and um, felt amazingly privileged. I mean, it was like the fanciest thing we've ever done. And we're sitting in there and we're watching the show and I'm like mesmerized, edge of my seat. And there is this very, very particular moment in the show. And I look at my mom and I go, I'm going to do that. And I remember my mom looking at me almost scared at first going, oh my gosh, she wants to be an actress. And you know, and I think as a parent, you're like, oh, is that going to be a sustainable career? We now know it is absolutely a sustainable career and a great choice. But when we got out, I said, no, the lights. There was something about this moment in the show. And from that moment forward, hooked, absolutely hooked. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know where to take that. But I was just hook, line, and sinker in on this lighting thing. I needed to be in theater. And so middle school, you know, I I went into there and talked to the theater group and just started getting my hands dirty, wrapping cables, hanging lights, seeing what everything could do. So again, I feel really privileged that I had this very particular moment. Did I think as a kid that I would be where I am today in lighting? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This trail has led me in a really, really unique path. And I love it. And that trail is something that not everybody obviously can see when they start walking on it, especially in the lighting industry. Namely, a lot of people show up not because they saw Phantom of the Opera and love the lights. (laughs) Rather, they needed a job and they somehow ended up in this thing. But I think what's interesting is no matter how you come into it, to quote Barbara Horton for the 17th time, there are so many accidental tourists in this industry that never leave. And I want to dive into that a little bit more. You never leave because there's so much to do in this industry. And you've seen 
a lot of that. You've seen the design side and now you've seen the manufacturing side. Obviously one needs the other. They complement each other yet fundamentally uh, their businesses are different. What their goals, what they produce is very different. Yet there's these things that connect them together. And I'm not talking about how designers need lights and manufacturers need designers. I'm talking about what you learn under one roof or one organization or one culture and how that translates into a different side of the business, but creates this opportunity. People look at lighting design, people look at manufacturing, and you see people, quote, jump ship, or you see people go to the dark side, and all these other weird things that people say. I don't know if I was on the dark side or now I'm on the dark side. I mean, like that confuses me. Do you know? Same, same. I feel like it depends on who you're talking to. If they're on the design side and you went to the manufacturing, you went to the dark side. If you're on the manufacturing side and you're lighting designer, you're on the dark side. So maybe really we're all on the dark side, but we're in lighting. So I kind of also just love the kind of comedy of all of that too, of light and dark. And we will see both sides the same way. <laughs> yeah, all on the dark side because we're in the light <laughs> business. Yes, yeah. I am a dad now. I can make these bad jokes, right? Oh my God, I love dad jokes. <laughs> I, I run with them all the time. I love a good dad joke. When you look at the jobs you've taken, when you look at everything that you've done, talk to me a little bit more about how you've had to learn on the job and develop skill sets and really where you first saw that moment where one translated to the other. You know, it's so interesting because, you know, I started in the theater side and the dance side, and there's an entirely different language of lighting in that world. And, you know, you get really into it and you, even in the theater to the dance side, there's just a different language of lighting. Yes, you're still talking about the way that light accentuates a body or brings out a particular moment in a show, but they're still different between those two. And so as you sit and you talk to a director, you have a language there, and then you talk to a choreographer, and the language is different there. But then you start to find these through lines between them. And then when the broadcast world came up, I was like, how in the world am I gonna bring theater and dance into 24 hour live home shopping network television? That was the broadcast lighting I was doing. So talk about just completely different. I started to realize I could bring in theater lighting into the television world to bring that up to the next level and a whole new line of communication there. One little story, cause I love this moment. We um, had a producer that would come and find me and would walk me into a studio and he'd stand there with his hand over his mouth and not say a word, but point to a section of the set. And I'd sit there going, what? What do, what do you need? And I'd start throwing lighting terminology at him. And he would go deer in headlights and would almost back away in fear. And I was like, oh my gosh, how are we gonna get this figured out? And then I finally realized his form of lighting communication was noises. So here are the two of us sitting in a studio going, okay, we wanna because we wanted a highlight of light. We wanted to, we needed a dapple of light over here. And so I kind of like found this way of communicating lighting with him. And then when I moved into the architectural lighting world of things, you're same thing. You're trying to find that communication and that way of like talking about lighting with people. And when you're in the lighting design community, we have all these really similar terminology, ways of talking about things and thinking, and it does flow from theatrical to broadcast to architectural lighting design to manufacturing to being a sales representative there's a common terminology but we also need to remember to speak the language that's comfortable for the person we're talking to and i think that's been the most unique part about transitioning from job to job to job is realizing there is this through line of communication but adapting it to who my audience is or who i'm having the conversation with you bring up a good point 
it's about obviously relating to the person on the other side of the table or next to you in the director's chair or what have you. Around all of that is vocabulary. There's basic words in our lives. There's more complex words. There's spelling bees. And then there's lighting. There's cool white and warm white and color temperature. Now there's daylight and orange light or tungsten and halogen or all these other freaking things out there. When you think about the different, let's just call it segments of the lighting industry, we have the people who love lighting. We have the people who are curious about lighting. And then we got the people that know Jack Diddley about lighting, but somehow ended up in it or involved in it. And I'm talking about people who literally maybe not even know what they're working on has to do something with the lighting, but they are involved with it. Correlated color temperature, CCT, maybe color. And then what's the feel or what? how does that look? Like they don't even tell you they're talking about color. What levels or what degrees do you feel a vocabulary have been established in our industry and we need to pay attention to based on who we're talking to and when we're talking to them? Oh man, that's a, that's a big one. You know, when it comes to understanding our vocabulary, I think they're complex to the rest of the world, but they seem really simple to us. And so it's our job to make them simplistic and to make them common and to make them a shared language with everybody from the person who's literally going, I'm cutting a hole in the ceiling and I'm shoving this metal box up there. We need to be able to have that conversation and share that knowledge and that terminology. It's almost to a point where you can communicate, this is what we call it. Yeah. And we'd love for you to be able to come and learn with us. Yes. And, and sometimes learning too, that we don't need to correct everybody, that sometimes meeting them in their space and I think that's something, I'll call it as my like my big life lesson that I've learned through the lighting community, is meeting people in their space. You don't always have to be right. You don't always have to be the most knowledgeable in terms of terms, but it's about creating a common space for lighting to be shared. And I think that's kind of the most unique thing about our, our industry and about moving through all these different spaces and talking to all these different people is getting to share what lighting really is to people. It's an interesting statement. Share what lighting really is to people. Light is around us every day. Light is something that we embrace. Light is something that we interact with. Everybody has hit a light switch at least, I don't know, a thousand times in their life by the time they're my age. The ability to see that light, to interact with that light, and then to talk about it is something that is truly a challenge in our industry. It's tough from the standpoint of we're dealing with a lot of different players. You look just at a company like the one you're working at today. Talk to me a little bit about what it's like to transition from a design world where everybody's intimately involved with that vocabulary to a manufacturing plant, a staff, a company that's built around building things. Yes, they happen to be light. How much does everyone know about that? And what have you learned there that we may translate into other parts of our industry? You know, making that transition in, I was really fortunate at Lumen Pulse where they created the space to let me still work in the mentality as a lighting designer while being in a sales role. And that communication and that terminology then was really easy for me to connect with lighting designers as we were talking about products and getting into that. Um, it established a level of trust with the people I was talking with because they knew I came from that lighting design side. The part that's been really interesting and, and has been evolving over the time then is the more and more our factory folks, everything from our electrical engineers to our optical engineers, you're gonna hear me say engineers a lot because that's just who we have, um, our product engineers, the people on the shop floor, um, you know, even some of our OEMs, once they really got to hear the way that we were talking about products that they were touching, it all of a sudden 
made them have and feel more value to what they were doing. Because it wasn't just, the light needs to do this. It was checking off the, the checklist. It was all of a sudden, people almost like waxing poetic about the things that they were working on. And to see somebody's pride in what they're doing expand because they all of a sudden feel like there's this new voice to the work they're doing was really, really powerful. Um, and I, I feel like a tremendous amount of weight now to make sure that I am bringing this like, poetic vocabulary to all this work that all these people inside of our company do. Because I think they're these like behind the curtain geniuses that never really get to see that side of things. So I, there, there absolutely is bringing in the lighting design world into the manufacturing process that I think is really important because it helps everybody then understand what they're trying to achieve in a different way. Again, it's not just about checking the list of did we hit all the objectives and did we get all the features and benefits we wanted? Do we create a different value to this light fixture to the lighting community? You bring up education. It, it all starts with people understanding what the outcome is going to be, how you're going to achieve that, and how people are going to perceive that, what it's going to be used for. I mean, to your point, you can have a box that holds tissues like Kleenex, but if there's a padlock on it and you have to open that and you have to go find the key to open it up to blow your nose, you're never going to use it. So if it's, you know, all recycled cardboard and it's got this nice little thin film that keeps germs out and then you can grab things one at a time quickly and use it when you need to, you'll use it all day long. And lighting, it's much more complex than just putting light in a space. It's all about understanding what it means to utilize a tool to put light into space and how that person thinks and how they act and how they feel and translating that from one to another isn't necessarily easy, but you had that opportunity because you did it before you came from one to the other. I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk just a little bit more about that change, how you decided it was time to make that change and how that's been an opportunity for not only you to grow, but this industry to grow. Sound good? Sounds great. Hey, it's Sam. The Light Pod is brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. They bring you things like this podcast, documentaries, and a fun thing called the Fire Den. Lit conversations on hot topics. Check it out at lytei.com. And welcome back. Over the break, Lee and I were talking just a little bit more about that journey, that opportunity. And honestly, sometimes how it can be a little bit scary moving from one role in an industry to another, not quite knowing what challenges lie ahead, where the synergies are, what the opportunity might be to affect change or impact based on what you've learned. Lee, talk to me a little bit more about how you've been able to observe moving from one part of this business to the other and how not only there's been an education opportunity, but there's also been an opportunity to reflect on it all and acknowledge how much one does support the other and you never knew it before. Absolutely. I mean, standing in a lighting design firm and going, oh my gosh, I'm going to go into sales. That to me wasn't a like, oh, the grass is greener on the other side moment. This was like, it is a totally different field. It's not even grass. Like I'm going to go jump into the desert. Like that's how it felt making that choice. And I think too, as, as lighting designers, we hold that title very passionately and very um, personally. And so there was a lot of like, we'll call it a moment of identity crisis. If I'm not a lighting designer, who am I? You know, so there's like this whole element of making the jump. And will everything I learned as a lighting designer translate? 
like I don't know anything about sales. I don't know anything about spreadsheets short of making a light fixture schedule. Like that was my interaction with a spreadsheet. And then you make the jump and you realize it's kind of like making the jump for any other job. So even if I was going from one lighting design firm to another, there's going to be that period of adjustment of learning the new way they function. And so I try to kind of approach it like that too with sales. This is just a new way to kind of function in terms of new software, new formats, things like that. But really what I'm still trying to do is the same. And the very first sales call that I went out on, I went out as a salesperson. Like I, I, I put that hat on and I failed miserably miserably like I literally even like spilled coffee on my shirt on my white shirt (laughs) like that's how miserably I failed I think I even like spit out my gum on the table in in the presentation on that day it was horrible and I remember going home and being like oh my god what did I do and the next day I woke up and I said maybe I need to take the sales hat off that's not my hat my hat is a lighting designer and I went in and I started my entire conversation as why used to be a lighting designer and now I'm working for a company and everything changed in the room it, it was crazy. It was like every door all of a sudden swung open. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, I need to speak to my people. I'm, the lighting design community is still my people. I can hang on to that identity. So as I kind of went through that, the rest of the sales team was kind of watching me do these presentations. And I got up and had to like teach the team how to sell downlights. That was new for Lumen Pulse. We had never sold downlights before. And so they said, all right, lighting design girl, get up here and tell the rest of us how to sell like downlight. And I remember sitting there and standing in front of this room, terrified again, terrified, because you're speaking to your peers too. And also thinking like, I don't have sales experience and I'm here telling the sales team how to sell. Like it just felt so weird to me. And we walked through it and I saw more head shaking and engagement and everything like that and got done. And our VP of sales was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And that was the moment where I realized everything I knew and everything I learned as a lighting designer was just as applicable in a sales position. And I was ready to throw it out the door. I mean, what you realized was not only it was applicable to what you were doing, but you were still the same person talking to the same people. The only thing that was different was the company on your business card and maybe the title. And I think that's something that's super important for everybody to recognize, no matter where they are in their career, in their path, in their journey. You are who you are. You get an opportunity to form your experiences, to learn what you want to learn, and then choose to share what you want to share with others. Whether you're at a company doing X today and another one doing Y tomorrow, that doesn't discount your credibility. On the other hand, the people who have not done something and act like they're doing something else, there's a different conversation around that, right? Like, I mean, you got to pay to play in this industry. You got to start to understand and you got to put the people first. You have to understand what it is people want to learn more about. You have to understand how to talk to them. When you think about that moment where you're all of a sudden the sales individual talking to your peers and you're very nervous and scared, but you power through it and somebody says, sweet, that was super helpful. How did you see not only your personal level of comfort at your company, but the opportunistic nature of for that to affect change at your business? And people said, there's another way to think about things. Yeah, I mean, it was a huge dad joke moment, light bulb moment for me. (laughs) There you go, lighting community. The light bulb went off. Be who you are and run and run full speed because what then ended up happening is, yeah, okay, we saw that there's this opportunity on the sales side of things. And I got to kind of in that teaching people how to sell downlights moment, share that side with with the business. And then we kind of went, maybe I could be doing this in a little different way on more products. 
on more ways to bring this in. And so then that's when my my career shifted, even within Lumen Pulse. And we started having the conversation of what is a market segment manager? And I get that question all the time, too, of like, what is that title? And sometimes I'm like, oh. hey, Lee, I have a question. <laughs> What's a market segment manager? Oh, my goodness. Okay, short version. I am the translator between the product team, the marketing team, and the sales team. That's what I've really learned my role is. Let's break that down. Product, marketing, and sales. These are three common things in every single business, manufacturing or not. Your product is physical or it's a design. Marketing, which one is first? I say marketing first, sales second. Some people say sales first, marketing second. Marketing creates the opportunity. Sales is the act of engaging with that opportunity and bringing it to fruition. You're telling me none of them speak the same language. Break that down. Oof. They don't speak the same language in terms of the sales team is always going to be focused on what they think is going to bring them in more business mm-hmm. and maybe not always necessarily what the market needs. That they very much listen to the voice of one person because that person happened to be shouting the loudest at that moment, but they're not looking at the bigger picture of the market. So my job is to take that feedback from the sales team of all those voices that they're hearing and how do we then bring that into what the market needs. Bring that in then to the product team and say, hey, this is what I'm hearing from the market and what we need to do next. Go figure out what does that look like? That's not my job to tell them how to design a product. That is mm-hmm. not my expertise. I don't want I don't want that responsibility. And so I kind of keep working with the product team and then they kind of bring some ideas and go, well, we don't think we can achieve this. And I go, ah, nope, we gotta have it. You know, and, and when I say me, I hope everyone knows there's a huge team of us doing of course, this. You know, yeah. it's a it's a team effort. Then we develop this product. And now I'm working with the marketing team and how do we take all this super data information from the product team and turn it into the story, the marketing, the pitch. The message. The message. And help the marketing team again, kind of translate all that data and information to create the the message for it, to then help bring that message to the sales team and then train the sales team in it. So it's this really circular swirl. I'm gonna call it a swirl. It's not I even like in it. one direction. It's a swirl. My name's Lee and I'm a swirl manager. <laughs> That's maybe what my title what, should be. <laughs> what language do you speak? Swirly, swirlay, and swirla. Yes, yes. These three different entities of any business, to your point, they're charged with operating, so to speak, in a silo. I mean, sales sells, marketing creates messaging and storylines, and product and R&D looks at the feasibility. To bring that all together really does take a leader, does take some form of a guide. It's not that they're speaking different languages, it's they're forced to speak their own version of the language to get the end result done. It's obvious when it comes to manufacturing. You're not gonna build a product that people aren't gonna use because the features don't exist or people don't understand why it works. But you didn't start there. You started in a love for lighting. You started in a passion for design. Where was that in the design world and how did that translate into your manufacturing career? You know, the amount of times that we are sitting with a prototype or we're, we're evaluating a new LED board or a layout or something like that, and the team is going like, it's good, it's good, we like it, we like it. And sometimes I have to walk in and, and be the wet blanket and go, design community is not gonna like it. Because if I was still a lighting designer, I wouldn't like it. Or getting to come in and validate that where they took everything to, they took it to a higher level where I'm going, oh my gosh. I kind of wish I was a lighting designer still because I really want to spec this product and I really want to use it. So being able to bring that voice internally and keep things still 
private and hidden as we're working through um, the design and development phase of things, I think has been such a great benefit to, to Lumen Pulse. And I'm sure there's a lot of other manufacturers that have those voices inside their companies. Um, and I really hope that they're giving them the space and the platform to vocalize that. You know, I'm one person, it's a huge lighting design community. So what's important to me might not be important to my lighting designer next to me, but I think the best part is being able to have those voices as part of that process of the design, the marketing, the sales strategy, because ultimately at the end of the day, the lighting design community is who's really picking these fixtures and using them. We need to speak to them. Also being on a job site as a lighting designer with a contractor and listening to them scream about the way that something isn't functioning the way they want it to, bringing those folks, their voice into the production side of things was really interesting too. The team has done a phenomenal job of even thinking like, how do we box up products? How do we make the contractor's life happier too? Because you have to think about all of that. Lighting designer number one, but there's a lot of other people that touch this product. We need to have their voice too. It's pretty incredible how much goes into a product. It's pretty incredible that as an opportunity to have one language with multiple derivatives of it being spoken and leading the charge into that, that there's an opportunity to continue to push our industry forward by fundamentally focusing on design language, right? Light as a language, light as a way of saying, well, you know, if our mission is to put light in a space or create something or light up an exterior environment, how do we let that drive the decision-making? How do we let that create this bridge as opposed to divide it in half and say there's a river in between and one side's yelling at the other and we don't quite know how to put this together. When you look at lighting as a language, lighting as a way to unite both teams internally within companies, but then across the industry. What do you think it is doing today? And what does the industry need to make that happen? Let's just say on a more normal basis in the future. <laughs> Ooh, normal. You use the the big word there too. Nothing's normal anymore. Nothing is normal. Oh, the phrase back to the normal or the new normal. And that phrase drives me crazy. Maybe that's the first step, eliminating the word normal from the conversation. No, just kidding. I think one of the things I learned as a lighting designer was feeling like we had a voice, but not a seat at the table. And I think the thing that I've seen as I've transitioned from all these different positions is that yes, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but we all need to be in the kitchen together at the same time. Otherwise the meal doesn't make sense. And so I hope that as we are all working through transitioning into new positions and you're bringing people in from, we'll call them not normal hiring positions, lighting designers into sales staff, contractors into production side of things, that we remember that the more voices we have, it actually is all gonna be better in the end. And so I hope to see that on the manufacturing side. I hope to see that on the design side. I really hope that there's more direct conversations between the contractor, the owner's group, and the lighting design community. Let the players sit down and talk to each other more often. Language and communication, you know, you, you can break that down to every, every part of your life. Work, your relationship with your significant others, the relationships you have with your friends, communication is key. And so we need to keep driving that and pushing to have more conversations and communication because what's the end result? The project is the way that everybody thought and wanted it to be. And isn't that ultimately the goal that all of us are trying to achieve? No, I love reading people's minds. Right. <laughs> it always works out perfect, right? You always read it perfectly. Nothing ever goes wrong. No. There's this huge opportunity for this entire industry to speak one common language 
while working in the derivative nature of it. Your example of sales, product, and marketing and manufacturing can apply globally to each part of the sales channel or each part of the design group, architects, interiors, landscape architect, lighting designer, lighting consultant to the lighting designer. Wait, what? There's, yeah, sometimes people write standards that then are designed too. And there's two different consultants working within the same space. Making sure that that language is common to the extent that you've seen that experience happen where you moved from design into manufacturing. And by helping one side speak the other's language, there was, let's just call it more of an opportunity to quickly arrive at the same conclusions as opposed to doing the mind reading. Yes, yes, absolutely nailed it. Like being able to, sorry again, have the light bulb moment happen faster and with less roadblocks is just like sped things up. And not that everything needs to go super fast, but I also feel like, unfortunately, that's the world we're living in right now, that things need to be decided quickly. We need to move quickly and and get product on site quickly. You know, like there's, everything has to go quick. So if we can help get to decisions faster by having clearer communication of same terminology or at least common language, we all win. We all win. We all win. It's something nobody's gonna argue with. Lee, you're the market segment manager at Lumen Pulse today. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and how this is working, both within your company and out into the community. Get ready. You're going to start seeing, I think, a little bit more Lee. I've kind of taken on a little of the new side, too, of not the face of Lumen Pulse, but I'm the person who's doing the trainings and everything like that. And I'm, I'm learning a lot even going through that process, um, thanks to some college professors for making me take acting courses and learning vocal warm-ups and all of that kind of stuff for doing video work. I think we're going to start seeing the industry as a whole also start to find ways to connect with the lighting community in new ways. I think it's time for us to do a pretty big evolution and that evolution is going to be different for every group. But I think we're really on that cusp of new ideas, new ways of doing business, new ways of communicating with each other, new platforms, new touch points. And I'm really excited about that because there is nothing more fun and invigorating than being like at the forefront of change. And so... I think that's kind of the big things that we're thinking about and working on is how do we do things differently? Because it's time to shake it off. It's time to try something fresh and new, especially coming out of two years of sitting in offices and watching videos and not talking to humans. So it's time to not go to the new normal or what it was. Let's just go make it all fun and new and inventive. It's time to redefine stuff. It's time to to your point, take all this past experience, find what works, find ways to create a more common vocabulary language and connect with people faster, get to that light bulb moment more often, enjoy it, and everybody wins. Everybody wins. Lee, thanks so much for having this conversation with me. Uh, This is topic one of 14 that I feel like you and I could talk about. So you'll have to come back and visit us again in Denver in the studio. But in the meantime, if people have questions, if they want to get in touch with you, or they just want to continue this conversation, what's the best way they can get hold of you? Oh my goodness. Um, Start with my Lumen Pulse email address. I think that's the easiest, fastest. It's the one I look at the most. So it's lgeis at lumenpulse.com. Reach out. I'm always here to have a conversation because um, yes attached to a manufacturer but ultimately first and foremost attached to a lighting community a little bit more lee might not be a bad thing in your life lee thanks so much we'll talk to you soon thank you so much sam see you
Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Light Pod. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and click that like, follow, or subscribe button. That's the best way to never miss another episode where we talk to people about all things lighting who have inspirational and thought-provoking conversations to share. Until next time, cheers.